Yo guys, welcome back to J and J. Got an early morning podcast. What's up, Julian? How you feeling? I just got off of work. He's about to go to work, so try to bring yeah. this out real quick. <laughs> Perfect timing right now, actually. Um, yeah, bro, just chilling. You know, hanging out and stuff. So it's been whatever. It's been exhausting, but you know, we we out here grinding. Respect, respect. What is it? Week ten of the quarantine. Yeah, and honestly, it's not going to get any better, dude. Yeah. How is, it, almost that how is it over there, like, now that everything's opening up and stuff? like how is It's it actually gotten things? pretty bad, bro. Uh, there's cases rising bad up here again, down here. Um, Damn. So I think reopening was kind of reckless over here and stuff. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you like guys at, opened soon, like, pretty early, huh? Yeah, we opened sooner than most states in the country down here in Texas, um... So right now, like, cases are going up big time again, so we're, we're required to wear masks everywhere, even, like, back, like, if we go to the stores, we have to wear masks again and stuff. They're, like, being that lenient with the rules, like, they didn't, you don't have to wear a mask if you want, but Damn. we're starting to put these rules back into place. That's crazy. Which is kind of scary, because Texas and Florida are both like that, so, I mean, with the NBA, the mm. Florida cases are rising a lot, too, so we'll see how that happens when they go to Orlando. And oh, stuff. That's so, true, huh? so yeah. that's it's interesting. We'll stay safe out there, bro. And anybody else, just fucking wear a mask and shit. I don't know. That's crazy to even hear that. Cause over here, it's like they won't even let you in the store. Like some stores won't even let you in if you don't have a mask. So that's kind of yeah. Weird. But they they just started that again here yesterday uh, on the nineteenth. So just started it again. So hopefully that kind of calms things down. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how how the next week or two go. Um, I won't be surprised if we go into quarantine again by like the end of like after Fourth of July. Yeah, it's gonna happen, but it's just crazy that you know you guys are spiking up again. So yeah, just stay safe yeah. over there, bro. But uh, a lot of news happened since the last time we recorded. Um, it's funny. So we just put out the the quarant- the sports in quarantine, and you know we recorded that a month ago, and it's just funny to hear like. How we were talking about baseball, like, oh, when it comes back, when it comes back, if it comes back. Like, it's not even coming back, bro, like, to, like, 2022. So, it's, like, I don't know. It's crazy. Like, you know more yeah. about that than I do. So, I'd, I'll just let you go ahead and, you know, say your piece on it. Because I'm just, you know, shocked that the fucking owners are not giving a fuck about anything. So, it's, like, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, essentially, it's just the, C- like, the CBA is about to finish for the baseball. They're going to need a new one. And I think they were supposed to have negotiations at the end of this season. And I think the owners are pretty much negotiating for this season, already having their mindset on the CBA for next year. So they're not, like, just concerned about this season's, like, revenue. And, like, so they're already concerned about next season and the new CBA for, like, the next seven to eight years. And players are like, yes, we do need to focus on that, but... We also got to focus on getting the season started here. Like, they were worried more about the revenue on this season and, like, how are they going to get paid. The owners are just not having it. So both sides are just being very stingy and very, like, I don't know. They're both being stubborn with each other. So I just – baseball's in a tough predicament right now. Um, my boy Thomas, shout out to Thomas. He's out here optimistic they're going to start, but I don't think it's going to happen. Nah, it's not happening. 
he's like, yo, like, they're getting close to a deal. I'm like, it's too good to be true. Like, they always say that. But one of them ends up budging. Like, one of them ends up, like, being like, nah, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And that's how they are. Like, the owners are now, the players are willing to, like, take this deal, this deal. But now, apparently, they're not agreeing to 10 games at a difference that they want to, like, set. I'm like, yo, like, just freaking suck it up. So baseball's like that. I don't know what they're gonna do if they get a lockout this, or if they don't play the season. Lockout's gonna happen next season more than likely. Um, same goes to basketball. Basketball's interesting. Um, yes, we do have a protocol and plan set for that, but I don't, I don't know if they're playing still, especially because we just talked about Florida, Texas cases rising. So that's very interesting as to what happens. I really genuinely feel like a lot of the players aren't gonna go. Um, Oh so yeah, I mean, yeah. like what Kyrie was saying, like, you know, I'm, I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but how he's just like, I don't want to go, like, uh, that's some bullshit, like, like kind of what Steven Jackson is saying, like, you know, we don't have to start right now, there's bigger issues, which, you know, I agree with, but, you know, not a lot of players have that luxury that Kyrie Irving has with that money he's making, like, Austin Rivers even said it, like, you know, I, you know, I would love to, I, I would love to, you know, use my platform to stand up but we can't i i can't sit out because i don't got that money like you do you know what i mean so it's like, uh, like i mean it's true but i mean yeah. his dad's Doc rivers that's true you know but I mean? but i get where he's coming from like not him but like players that are in the same position as he is yeah are, are struggling and stuff which sucks but i mean somebody tweeted it or this was one of the players from i think the grizzlies is talking about it he's like yo like that just cares about the Benjamins. They don't care if we get Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, uh, just Winslow. I think it, yeah. Um, I was like, honestly, like, I can see it. I can definitely see it. But these players, they have to, at least they're giving them the choice to, like, not go. Like, if you don't yeah. want to go, that's fine. You know, we're not going to find you. Which yeah. is cool enough, but it's still, it still sucks. And I don't know, man. I feel like this, we're hyped for it to come back, but it's not going to be as, as good as, as we think it's going to be. Oh, definitely not. It's just, it's going to be rushed. Like, eight regular season games and then playoffs, like, I don't know. It's going to be rushed, and not everybody's going to be there, so I don't Let know. Me, I, want, I want to hear your thoughts on the NFL, though, real quick. Because <sighs> the, the last time we recorded, there hasn't been much going on with the NFL, but, like, I mean, there have been cases going up. We got Ezekiel Elliott who got it, which is kind of like a big thing. I'm just really talking about which is, it baffles me because he's a, like a star running back in the yeah. league. Yeah, so multiple Texans and Cowboys players got it. That's the report. Uh, I feel like they should have took it serious, like, uh, honestly, when Von Miller got it. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, there's, I, I just feel like they're not, they're just like, whatever, like, he'll get over, like, Kareem Jackson just got it, the cornerback for the Broncos as well, like, he just uh, tested positive. I don't know, dude, like, I, like I said in the, the first episode like the nfl is gonna fuck this up and i would not be surprised if it's not gonna come back this fall it, it's just it they're not thinking of any you know any plans like they're just literally like well we're gonna fly here and there like they're gonna play the whole se- like if they had a bubble like or, like what the nba is doing or something like that like maybe maybe the season could go on but the fact that they're just gonna fly you know, to every stadium, and even if they don't have the stadiums full or not, like, these players are going to get it, bro. Like, I don't understand yeah. why Goodell's not really thinking about that, and 
I'm telling you, bro, Goodell's going to fuck this up. It's one way or another. It's going to happen, and then the season's going to be over, and he's going to be like, well, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, He's not going to know what to say because it's all on him. Like, This is all on him. He can't put this uh, on anybody else but him. So, you know. I agree. I agree. There, these these players out here, like, honestly, they're not. Ta- I feel like for the good, like a good chunk of the players in the league, they're not taking this serious. Um, well, yeah, fucking Zeke was at a party like not a week or two ago, or whenever that picture was taken. Like, what the fuck was at a party? Like, what do you what did he expect was gonna happen? Like, come on. It's a hot boy summer. What do you mean? <laughs> They're out here living their lives. Bro, like, like just like that happened, honestly, at my job, fucking a couple of employees that had it fucking got went to a party that somebody tested positive and now they're fucking quarantined again. Like, they didn't learn their fucking lesson the first time. Come on, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. Like, I don't know. Like, people, are, people need to take this shit serious. I don't understand why it's just like, oh, whatever. Like, it's cool. Even if I get it, I'll get it. I'll get through it. Like, no, like, that's not the point. It's just like fucking protect yourselves and others and, you know, protect yourself and others and then we'll be good. But I don't know. It's, it's tough, but yeah. Uh, what else happened before we get, so so we're going to talk about Kobe, uh, what he meant to us and stuff like that. But before like trying to cover all these news real quick, what else happened? Like, oh, Jamal Adams requesting a trade. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean that's funny to me because like his situation, like it was, it was spilling over during drafts, like draft, like draft season, and and then like things calmed, like for the last month or two, and then it just spiked up again. Yeah, like, it's just out of nowhere too. Like I don't know what made him like want to do this now. Like I don't know what his agent told him. I don't. I, just, I feel like the Jets are just lowballing him. Like. I don't know. I why, why not just pay him? You know, he's your best player on the team right now. Like, and that's true. Like for me, like Dalvin Cook also wants to get paid, but in my opinion, like running backs really don't get paid. I mean, coming from a Falcons fan, we paid Freeman a lot of money when he wanted it because he had like two good seasons, and then look at us now. Like we released him a year yeah. or two after that contract. He didn't live up to it. Not a lot of running backs do. Todd Gurley is another uh, example. Um, I mean, I guess you could say Le'Veon Bell maybe, but he hasn't been the same since the Steelers seasons. Um, but Dalvin Cook, like, he, he wants to get paid. I mean, good luck because I don't think he will get paid. Um, but Jamal Adams is a safety. Like Jamal Adams safety. plays multiple positions on that yeah. team. Like, like that, that that's a good reason why he should get paid. I think he sh- definitely should be getting paid. And to be quite honest with you, I can see him going to the Cowboys. I feel like he he's pushed. He, I mean, obviously he has his list of teams he wants to go to, but I personally think he wants to push for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think the team. Uh, I think two teams that'll really push it if they you know if they have a chance if there's like a legitimate chance anybody can get them. I think it's either going to be Seattle or San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. They they need secondary, and I feel like that's their weakness both of those teams so i mean if you plug him in into those teams that's gonna be tough that's gonna I, be tough. that's 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 i agree i agree but the cowboys i mean yeah they I mean, have he wants the corners yeah he but wants he just let, like who did they lose recently uh, they lost the jeff heath so they don't have a safe they don't yeah. have a strong safety so i mean that's him right there so and i i just feel like 
he he would thrive live, or being in, in Dallas because yeah. that's like America's team. So yeah, I mean he's uh, pushed he's pushed to play there. So I mean I wouldn't be surprised. It's just will Jerry Jones want to give up a first round pick? You know, it's just it just comes on to that. That's the big question, dude. But yeah. it, I mean, it, I will say though, whoever gets in, whether it's the Seahawks, Niners, or Cowboys, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be much better on defense. Which yeah, is gonna for sure. I mean, from the NFC, that is a cornerstone defensive player. So I mean, if anybody can get them, that they're they're in contention for sure. It, depending on you know how stacked their team is before he gets there, but like if he goes to San Fran or Seattle or Dallas, like they're already. Defensively, they're already set in a way, so it's like he's just there to improve it. Not like, oh, we're starting, we're gonna build around him, you know. So it's like it's gonna be interesting if. Oh, it's true because like the Seahawks have good linebackers, the Niners have a, a great pass rush, and then like the Cowboys have great linebackers too with uh, yeah. Van Der Esk and Smith. So if they could get their secondary, with they all, all three of them just need secondary help, and if they yeah. can get Jamal Adams, like you said, they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be set. So we'll see. It's interesting that you brought that up. Yeah, and then one more that and it's kind of old, but bro, I've t- how many times have I told you this? Fucking Jadavion Clowney declining an <laughs> offer to go to Cleveland when he got they gave him a good offer. That's that's the report, and then he's like, Nah, I don't want to play there. I want to play for the Saints. And that was before the Drew Brees uh, comments came out. But like, bro, you get your money and. You're playing alongside Miles Garrett. What are we saying no to here? Like, come on. I don't know. Even yeah. a, even a one year deal there. Like, just fucking. You'll be set there. Like, yeah. I don't know what he's expecting. Like, especially with COVID going on, he ain't gonna get paid the money he wants anymore. Yeah. He will. He was like, wanting twenty before the season ended, and then it got pushed to fifteen, and then supposedly now it's at ten to twelve. Like, well, yeah, it's at that number because you have no choice. Like. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Mookie Betts for the Dodgers, like, he's about to be a free agent, but he ain't, he's not getting that contract that Bryce Harper got at $400 million anymore, no matter how good he plays this season, if they have a season. Because, I mean, there's just no revenue. There's no money right now owners can spend. Yeah. And that's the same thing for Clowney. Like, you're, you're not going to make the money that you want. And people didn't even want to give you that in the first place before COVID. But now that COVID's going on, the owners are definitely not going to be paying you the contract you want. So he he took the biggest L out of all this. Mm-hmm. Out of any player in, the, in any league, he took the biggest L because, like you said, the Browns wanted to pay him. And even if it was for a year, I would have took that deal. You know, play it out, get your money, and then who knows, maybe uh, revenues uh, back up in the NFL, and then you could get another con- a better contract than what you got. But yeah, he he's he fucked up, plain and simple. But you know, I'm not I'm not clowning. You know, he's probably still living a good life right now, better than me financially. So can't really say much. I mean, yeah, it's just I don't know, like that situation like that where they have another deep, like a fucking elite pass rusher. It's like he doesn't even have the pressure to be that the number one guy anymore. Like even if he wants that, like he can still. Like, just the, the combination they'll have with him and Garrett would just be insane. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I the, like and the Browns aren't scrubs either. They're yeah. a decent team. It's just so kids like fucked them up. Yeah, so. It's not like he would have gone to, like, a like a freaking, 
don't know, like a, a very like like the Bengals. Yeah. Not even will play for the Bengals. Like he's playing for a decent squad, and they could have contend for the North. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't see anybody ever like giving him that money that he wants. So he took the biggest L the for last sure. couple months, to be quite honest. For sure. All right, we'll just leave it at there. Um. So yeah, Kobe. I mean, we've been talking about this episode for a while, like privately, how we're gonna do it and things like that. But uh, I'll just start with this, like, when it happened, like the crash. Like, what was your initial thoughts? Cause I'll give you mine in a second, but I'll let you go first. Like, what, like, what was going through your mind when, like, I don't know if you saw it on the news or on your phone or whatever, but like, just yeah. So, that. so I was working at the time. Um, when that when it was going on, and then uh, I think somebody texted me. I think it was Thomas. Thomas texted me. He's like, "Yo, like, you won't believe what just happened." He sent me like a screech or like a tweet, and then I didn't believe him because I was working. I was kind of like busy too. I was like, "Yeah, like Thomas, like whatever, like this is fake. Like, there's no way this is gonna happen or this happened." And then like he kept blowing up my phone. Shout out to Thomas, by the way. Like, I know this is a sad moment, but he, this man keeps me updated with sports when I'm, like, working or something. You or him. But, yeah, Thomas is becoming, like, a top, what is it, a, a Woj bomb? But, uh, uh, I don't know I don't know what he likes to call it, about the Leo bomb or something. But, anyways, he kept blowing on my phone that day, and I was working, and then I remember you texting me later in the day, too, about it. And then I was like, all right, well, then I found a moment where, like, I was, like, slowing down, keeping up. So I was like, all right, let me get my phone real quick and get on Twitter. And then I see, like, all these reports. And I'm like, nah, this can't be true. This can't be true. And then, like, I look deeper into it. And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen it on the news yet. So, like, it, obviously it's probably fake. And then um, right, at, right at the end of my shift, I, I started seeing, like, news reports coming out, like, on CNN or, like, ESPN. I was like, oh, shit, this is probably getting real now. And then that's when it started hitting me. And, like, I did, I started crying. At the end of my shift, dude, right at work, and then everyone was just like, yo, like, are you okay? And then, like, I tell everybody, no one could have, nobody believed it. Like, nobody, every, I'm, a, I'm sure 90% of this world, like, was just denying the fact that it happened. Mm -hmm. And I was one of them, then I started crying, and I was like, whatever, like, it's fine, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get past this, but I'm at work getting distracted, like, distracting myself, and then, um, I got home, and I just started, like, like, the whole drive, dude, like, I didn't listen to music, I didn't do anything, I was just driving in silence, just thinking about this, and then I got home, and then I saw Julie, and then, you know, just, just let everything out, dude, for a good 20 minutes, started crying, and then, uh, it hit me harder when I was watching, because like, there was games that day, there were, like, a couple NBA games playing that day, and they all just, like, did their 24-second violation tribute thing and every time i saw those man i started hitting me more and i started tearing up again and uh yeah that whole week i was just miserable just looking at like what really happened and all the the 24 second tributes that the, that the teams were having all week and then i was just anticipating the laker game i was just waiting for that laker game to come up and it took them, like, I believe, like, a good week, right, to, like, come back and play. Yeah, they postponed the Lakers-Clippers, and then um, I forgot what game they played after that. But, yeah, it took them a, it took them a bit to come back. Understand? Yeah, so, like, for a good while, I was denying it. I was just like, nah, this can't be true. Like, 
people because people on the internet are like so fucked up. Like, they be pulling some shit like that, or like they be lying about reports just to like get the clout. So I'm like, nah, this is this is one of those those like news news things where like they're like, oh, Kobe died, this is now. Nah. I was like, yeah, whatever, brushed it off. But I was denying it for a while, and then I, well, as soon as I saw it on TV, like ESPN and like CNN and all that shit, I'm like, all right, this this is starting to hit home and stuff. So yeah, that that's what my experience was. Um, it was miserable couple of weeks. Um, even to this day, sometimes I'll be I'll be I get uh, I shed a tear when I'd be watching like highlights of Kobe like because right now we're, it's June 20th like right now it's like the time where championships were like crowned so mm-hmm. you'll see like oh on this day Kobe won game 5 of the NBA finals and this this and I'm like damn well now I just want to shed another tear because it just shows me how lethal he was during this time of the year so yeah to this day I'll still shed a tear but yeah it's still tough yeah I feel you bro I was like I was on uh, Twitter that day, and um, TMZ pop. I remember I have a group chat with some of my friends from Ohio, and uh, they just sent, like, a tweet from TMZ, like, oh, Kobe Bryant passed away or died in a helicopter crash. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, kind of like how Shaq was, bro. Like, I remember Shaq was explaining the situation. Like, he said his nephew kind of showed him, and he's like, bro, get the fuck out of my face. Like, kind of like that. And I was like, ah, there's no way. And then... Like, the more it came out, like, the more people were talking about it, and then it popped up on ESPN, like you said. I was just like, bro, there's no way. Like, come on. Kobe? Like, nah, this this can't be true. And then, like, finally, like, later that day, it finally hit when they said, like, yeah, it's confirmed. And then, like, Gia was involved and all that shit. Like, bro, like, that shit, like, I don't know. That shit hit, like, differently, bro. It hit, it hit my stomach. Like, I got that pit in my stomach. I know everybody knows that feeling when you got that pit in your stomach and you're just like... Mm-hmm you start feeling bad and then kind of like you you know i was like shedding a couple of tears and i'm just like man that's, that's fucked bro like like i i felt more for like you know like i'm not saying i didn't feel for kobe you know i'm like fuck man that's that's like the goat that's my goat bro like of my generation of our generation like growing up that's our michael jordan like we witnessed that shit yeah like like how like my mom tells me you know you can always watch like watch games and stuff, but you'll never understand what it's like to see Michael Jordan on TV or in person. It's the same thing with Kobe. Like, people can rewatch it, but like actually witnessing it when it actually happened, it's just like, bro. We I feel like some of us took that for granted. Like, we witnessed the closest thing to Michael Jordan on this planet, and the fact that he got taken away from us at 41, and it's just I think 41, 42, something like that. Like, that's fucking crazy, bro. Like. I don't know, it just it just hit different. It just hurt, honestly. And then, you know, like, Gia, how she was going to be, like, you know, she was, like, learning from her from his, from his her dad, obviously. So it's, like, she would have been a fucking goat, too, in women's basketball. Like, she, I honestly feel like if she would have had the same mentality as he did, which she kind of saw, like, in her game, she kind of had all his moves and stuff, like. But if it translated into the, you know, college and then to the pros, bro, she could have been you know, one of the greatest women basketball players of all time, and now it's like, you know, two goats fucking got taken away from us in a way, so it's like, fuck, man, like, that shit hurt, that shit hurt, so it's like, you know, I don't know, I I was just speechless, I I didn't know what to say, or like, how to react, but I was like, I was was like, mad, because I'm like, why the fuck, like, the pilot, bro, like, why the fuck are we flying a helicopter in the fog, like, I don't know, like, 
you know, there's conspiracy theories and shit like that, but I'm like, fuck, man. You know what I mean? Like, and all the families that got affected by it, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not just Kobe, too. There's, like, a yeah. lot of this. Yeah, for stuff, sure. Obviously, which, you know, I, it kind of made, made, it, made it worse for me. I'm like, yeah, we lost Kobe, we lost Easy, but we also lost these guys, too. And, yeah. And to this day, I know it hurts everybody um, just thinking about stuff like that. But, yeah, like. some reason like five years ago four years ago he just came out of retirement mm -hmm. uh, he's like you know like you just gotta accept death like Kobe was saying like you just gotta accept it with life like why why stress yourself over it when you know it's gonna happen like if when, the, when the time comes it's gonna come and I was like fucking Kobe man for him to say shit like that and then for that to happen like years later like not too long after like yeah it's crazy it, how that shit works like it's scary to me and then but you know i mean he did say you know he he lived his life like he, he lived a happy life he's living a happy life i get but man like i feel like half of his life was just starting with Gigi and all his girls and stuff like they were growing up and i'm sure he was like genuinely happy with that life that he had right now with the girls and stuff so it's just it's sad man that, like he lost her but i mean the family lost him mm -hmm. too like Especially his youngest one. His youngest one's never gonna like ever know what it's like, like or, to have him around. Yeah, because yeah, I mean she's still too young. Like yeah, Kobe was around for like the first year or two, but like nobody remembers their yeah. like until they're like anything until they're like five, four or five years old. So she's never gonna remember being with her dad. Which is just gonna sad. It's just like sucks. But yeah, I feel for that. The whole family and all the families affected by it. Like, this shit sucks. But uh. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to, you know, do this episode. Like, I know I did the video about him in Sports Inferno, but I, I don't feel like I, I, I didn't want to, like, go on and on and on. Like, I just feel like we were, I just wanted to touch on it for a little bit and then, you know, just kind of let it sink in. But I wanted to, you know, go through, like, some of the moments that, like, for us, we're like, damn, what a, like, what a fucking legend and shit like that. So, like, I don't know, like, what's, like, the most memorable kobe bryant moment for you like the black mama like what's the most like the first thing that pops in your head when you think about him whether you saw it or you had to like you know rewatch it because we weren't old enough to you know understand shit like that or whatever like early 2000 but like what's your favorite like kobe bryant moment um my favorite kobe moment um there's a few but i'm trying to think of which one that really like stood out i would probably say when he won the championship against the Magic. Okay. Just because, like, the year before, I was following him and I was watching him. You know, obviously, I'm a big Laker fan because of him. Yeah. Um, and they lost. And I was like, damn, like, I know Kobe cried that day. I know he cried when he lost to Boston. He's obviously not going to show it, but I know he, like, it, it pissed him off so much that he, like, shed a tear. So when when they played Orlando, that whole series is stressful. I know we had it like under control. We were never like really like behind or anything. But when they, my favorite was when he started jumping up and down, waving his hands. I was like, yo, like he finally fucking did it without Shaq. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was probably one of my best ones, and it and it stuck out to me because um he had his girls that day. Like 
he had Gigi with him in his arms. I know you've seen clips of it recently. Yeah. I've seen clips of it recently of like his like Gigi giving him a kiss, mm-hmm. and then that's all I remember, dude. Like just like that itself. But then that stuck out to me because I remember he hugged Phil Jackson that day after the like during the championship parade and stuff. And Phil Jackson's wearing his like hat with the X on it because that was his tenth championship. Hmm. Uh, like fucking Phil Jackson, like that hat. <laughs> Big that had so flex. ugly, but he's fucking flexing on everybody. <laughs> and I remember him and Gasol, man, like that really hit me too because him and Gasol, like, yeah, there's Shaq and Kobe. And I like Shaq. I love Shaq and Kobe because that's what I grew up with. But uh, Kobe and Gasol, man, like that was that one hits, hits home a lot because everyone talks shit about Gasol. Like he's weak as fuck. He's not. Like, like, good enough to like help Kobe and stuff. I remember the fucking the backlash the Lakers were getting for training for him, and for him and Gasol to have like such a like a big brother little brother relationship that hit me too because I remember they hugged it out and like they were speaking Spanish to each other when they were celebrating. I was like, yo, like this is this is something special. Like I know this championship it gave Kobe life because I feel like he was. Um, just working so hard and being so miserable and not having that fourth one in tight Shaq. Because he said it himself when he won the fifth one. He's like, I got one more than Shaq. So I know for a damn fact he was winning those. Hit pretty hard. Um, another moment, I would say, is the year after when they beat Boston. Because mm-hmm. that one, he, I feel like that one meant the most to him out of all the five championships he won. Because that one, he had to beat the big three. And that squad was like no joke. Uh, they keep playing Game Seven a lot recently of the of that series in 2010. And that was the most stressful time of my life, I would say, shaking the whole game. And he had a bad game offensively, but he stepped it up defensively. So yeah, that one stuck out to me a lot because of Ron Artest too, talking shit about him, like making fun of him, Kobe. But that. That picture always sticks to me too. That one, the, him jumping up in, in his fourth championship in Orlando, and then the one where he's on the scoreboard raising his hands up to the fans of, of his fifth championship. Those two pictures stand out to me the most. And stuff, so, I don't know what your biggest memories are. Uh, I, I mean, that one for sure, the Boston 2010 finals, because, you know, I'm a Celtics fan, so. I was the same as you, bro. I was shaking. It was a close game, you know, and towards the end, fucking Sasha Vujicic fucking put a nail in the coffin, put a heart, put a fucking stake right through my heart. I was like, fuck, that's it. I knew it was over, but, like, the scene that I always see, like, play replaying when I think about that one, like, yeah, like, when he puts his hands up and he has the ball in his hand and he's counting one, two, three, four, five, and he's, like, screaming, but, like, when I forgot who threw the outlet pass. But it's like when Rondo missed that three, and then they rebounded it, and he threw it out to Kobe, and Kobe's just running to go get the ball, and he gets, and he just puts his hands up, and they all just crowd him and start hugging him. Like, mm-hmm. that one was just like, damn. Like, I, I I always hated Kobe, but I always respected him as a player. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, I you know, the Lakers-Celtics beef, like, that rivalry. I was like, man, I can't go for Kobe. Like, fuck, I can't go for the Lakers, man. Fuck, like. We got them in 2008, and then they got us back in 2010. Like, I don't know. But I remember in middle school, like, just to go back to it, like, we're just off topic. Like, 
You know, I had a I had a KG shirt before I moved here. I had a KG shirt, but I was such a big fan of Kobe. I got a Kobe shirt, and some kids like, "Aren't you a Celtics fan?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Why the fuck are you wearing a Lakers shirt?" And I'm like, "Cause I just I like Kobe. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like, like he just had a he had such a big impact. Like he got me into basketball. Like I wasn't really a huge basketball fan until middle school, and you know I just uh, turned on like there was a no. It was I found a magazine in the library at school. It had Kobe Brown. I was like, Kobe. I always knew about Kobe since I was a kid. You know, like you know, kids shooting trash into the trash can saying Kobe. Like, you know, I always knew about him. So it's like, I got into basketball because of Kobe. And then, you know, that's why it hits, it hits me more that, you know, he's gone and stuff. Like, the fact that he, he's the reason that I, I love the sport now, you know? Like, he got me into it. But uh, th- that moment when he won, when he beat the Celtics, that's a huge one. When he beat the Nuggets to go to the uh, what was that? that was the 2009 Western Conference Finals, right? Or was that 2010? No, it was 2009. That one okay, I was gonna say. Yeah, that him and Melo going mano a mano, like that was a good. That was a good series. I I like that one. And then, um, obviously his last game when he dropped 60, that was crazy. Oh uh, yeah, that one. I that one actually slipped through my yeah. Through my uh, head. That was a big one too. Yeah, the fact that he's just out of nowhere. Like, he had such a bad season because of the injuries. It just caught up to him. Like, you can tell he was ready to hit the finish line. And then for him to drop 60 on the Jazz, like, man, that that was crazy. I, I watched that whole game. I'm like, Lakers, Jazz, whatever, last Kobe's last game. Like, I just want to witness it. The fact that he dropped 60, I'm like, this fucking guy, bro. Like, he's just on another level. Like, nobody has that same competitive fire, like, Besides Jordan, it's just it's Jordan and him at the top. Like when it comes to clutch, competitive nature, killer instinct, like it's just it's just him and Jordan on the top. Like, and one more, um, the it's it's random, but um, I remember it was a Raptors Lakers game, and he hit like I think three or four clutch shots that got them into overtime and then they beat the Raptors. It was like 2012, <laughs> 2011. I remember that, like that too. Like that game was crazy. I watched that whole game too. It was just a random like, like a, th- it was just like a random like, like Thursday, Thursday or Wednesday, Wednesday or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like those are just some of the memories that pop into my head that I witnessed. And then obviously the ones that, you know, happened before I got into basketball, like him, Hitting that clutch shot against Phoenix and knock him out of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, speaking on that one, I remember that. I was just moving into Denver. Uh, I was still watching basketball, but, I mean, the Lakers were trash with Kobe at that time. So I, was, I, was, I, didn't, like, I wasn't paying attention to the league. I was just paying attention to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That day, I remember I, I was so mad at my parents because I wanted to watch that game against the Suns. And they freaking took me to this, like, family party. And when I came back, like, <laughs> I saw highlights. I was like, mother, like, fuck. I could have fucking seen this shit. I was mad. I was so mad that day. I remember that day exactly. Um, that one. And then, I don't know, growing up, dude, like, living in L.A. growing up, I I don't remember. Like I, like I mentioned, you don't remember shit until you're, like, five or six years old. Four or five. Like, that, that's the earliest memory you have of your life. Um yeah. 
and that's one of my 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 earliest memories is I was like five when they won their second one. I don't remember their first championship. I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember them beating Portland and then uh, I don't know who they beat the first year. I think it was the Pacers. Um, I don't remember anything from that year. I remember the second year when they played AI. Um, I remember that because uh, it's funny to me. My mom had a big crush on Shaq at the time. For some weird reason, she had a big crush on Shaq. Yeah, like out of a lot of people. I was just like, okay. And then I remember me, I was playing like basketball because, you know, like those little Nerf uh, basketball hoops, like little small ones where you dunk inside and shit. Yeah, well, I had one of those and I used to like try to, I remember trying to imitate Kobe at the time. I would rock the purple eight jersey and stuff. So, yeah, those are the earliest memories I have of my of my life. It's just following him at, during that time. And I like Shaq, I did, but I don't know why Kobe was the guy that I really, like, followed a lot. And then growing up after that, like, I remember him losing to the Spurs, which pissed me the fuck off. It was the first time ever in my life I would go through, like, defeat in sports because, I mean, we we were winning championships to them when we lost to the Spurs. I was getting so mad, dude, as a kid. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, fuck this shit. And then, yeah, the middle years was rough. Um, I didn't follow basketball as much in the middle years. I only followed the Lakers, but I didn't, like, obviously when you're losing, you don't really follow much, especially as a kid. Like, you don't yeah. really put much interest. Yeah. But I'll still follow them here and there, and then. When we moved back and they made that playoffs against the Suns, that's when I was like, okay, cool, cool. Like, I, I want to watch this. And never really got the opportunities to because my parents would always take me out being a little kid. <laughs> and then the 08, when he lost, I started following him more and more. Um, I remember when we choked that series against Boston, that game four, when we were up at like 30 and we lost. Um, then 2009, when we played the Nuggets, dude. I would go through so much shit back home with every guy at freaking school because everyone were Nugget <laughs> fans, obviously, because we're in Denver. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, ah, I don't know. That's just so annoying. It was like hard times. But we ended up beating them, and I remember I made a poster. I was like, yo, y'all still can't beat this. Like, I was like, I brought that poster to school. Yeah. Everyone wanted to jump me for it. Yeah, oh, man. I remember um, when they beat the Celtics. I remember you brought that poster to us. Like this motherfucker, man. <laughs> yeah, I brought I brought this brought out the same poster because it's like Nuggets fans. Like man, yeah, the Nuggets were good though. No joke. Like they, they, yeah. they if it wasn't the Celtics, the Nuggets were the ones that scared me a lot. But so when we beat them, I was so relieved. I was like, all right, cool. Like yeah, we still got to play Boston and stuff, but. At least we got rid of the Nuggets. Like, I don't have to deal with the people here at home. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just trashing me that they're going to beat us. And I, I wasn't like, ah, you guys aren't going to beat Like, I genuinely thought we were going to lose because the Nuggets were a good team. So, I was like, I don't know. So, then when we did, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm I'm rubbing it in. Like, as a kid, I was like, man, fuck this. I'm rubbing <laughs> this shit in to everybody. And so, so, yeah, man, Kobe, Kobe really just – people say, like, oh, I grew up with Kobe. Like, I – like, you know, he he's the reason I watch basketball. And he was. He was the reason I watched basketball. Like, I just feel like I went through so much freaking emotions in my childhood because of him mm-hmm. and him only. Like, I had my Falcons moments. I had my Dodgers moments. Yeah, but not. He's the one thing in my life that, like, really affected my moods. Yes, yeah, especially back then. I mean, 
I don't feel like the Falcons or the Dodgers were doing anything close to what Kobe was doing. Even on like a random Wednesday, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and he just dropped like forty or something, like just something crazy out of nowhere. Like, yeah, and that's what I was gonna say too. That's I kind of lost topic. You were mentioning the Raptors game. That was the first year I bought League Pass. I convinced my brother and my dad, like, "Yo, we need to get League Pass." And I remember we got me a League Pass, and I was watching all those games. We were staying up late. Cause that was the year that the that game against the Raptors. That was the year he had like six clut. He had six game winning or buzzer beating shots that year. And it was like again he got one against the Bucks. I remember he had one against the Kings on New Year's Day or like day after New Year's or New Year's Eve. It was around around New Year's sometime. I remember that one. Then I remember the Raptors when he just brought up. Uh, he had another one against. Uh, I don't remember the tip of my tongue. The team. But he had a couple more, dude. Oh, it was the Hawks. He had one against the Hawks. And then I'm like, yo, this motherfucker just doesn't miss. Like, you know that you know that, that meme of Snoop Dogg and, like, Ian Rapport? Or, or not Ian Rapport. I'm thinking tripping. It's that, that comedian. They're like, yeah, this motherfucker doesn't miss. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah. miss. That's Kobe, dude. He doesn't miss any game-winning shots. This dude never misses. I've never seen him miss a clutch shot. Like, I've seen him miss shots, like, late in the game. But I've never seen him miss the shot to win the game or to like tie the game. I've never seen him do that ever. Yeah, it's just crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, and another but, one, like randomly, when he dunked on the Nets, there was like three Nets guarding him. Oh, I remember that and one. And he too. dunked like on Gerald Wallace. I remember it was Gerald Wallace and like a couple others, but Chris Humphreys. <laughs> yeah, that one was crazy. Like he just got in between everybody and just dunked. I was like, whoa, like fucking Kobe getting up like that still? Like <laughs> But, uh, yeah, since you brought up Shaq, you know, like, let's just go back, take it back to the 2000s. Like, um, I don't think we'll ever see a, another one-two punch like that, honestly. That, I agree. that dominant, that, um, you know, you got a dominant force in Shaq, and then you got a, an assassin in the Black Mamba. Like, that's never going to happen again. Like, you can compare, like, KD and Steph or Kyrie and LeBron, but I don't feel like it would ever be close to what Shaq and Kobe were. And, you know, that I feel like that's when like people were taking Kobe for granted because it's like, oh, Shaq, it's Shaq's the reason why they were winning. But like that Pacers series, when I forgot what game it was that Shaq got ejected and then Kobe took over, like that's that was like his his arrival, like that was his welcome, welcome, welcoming party. And it's like, man, like. That's when we saw, I mean, I didn't, obviously, but that's when, like, everybody in the league noticed, like, oh, shit, this fucking Kobe guy's not that bad. And then, obviously, we all know what happened after that. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of stuff with Kobe. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many memories of Kobe throughout the years. Like you mentioned in the beginning, he was, he was our, the guy we all grew up with, whether you liked him or not. And a lot of people right now are, like, with LeBron, this is LeBron's generation. Which I know, ten years from now, we're probably gonna have stories of LeBron. But I mean, for us, and I'm sure for like eighty percent of our audience, they're they'll know who Kobe is. They'll remember moments of Kobe, whether they like it or not. I mean, even if you didn't follow basketball, you would you would know who Kobe is and like all this the crazy stupid shit he did in, in the yeah. NBA. So I don't know, man. It's, we lost a good one, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. But he. He was a lethal scorer, and not a lot of people are going to mention that, which kind of gets me mad. It grinds my gears that like people are like, oh, LeBron's like clutch. 
I mean, LeBron is clutch to a certain extent, but he's not. He's not a a, a Mamba or a, or a Jordan like. Yeah, if seconds. you actually watch games, I hate when people pull out stats like, "Oh, last four seconds of the game, LeBron uh, has more clutch shots than Kobe." I'm like, dude, like last four seconds is last four seconds, but like, you're not taking into the context of a game. Like, there's 20 seconds, or there's like there's 30 seconds left, and Lakers are down by two. Kobe ties it up. If he doesn't tie it up, the game's fucking over, regardless. If he, if he misses this shot, the other team gets the ball, they make two free throws, the game's over. They're down by four. There's like no chance of coming back. People don't take context stuff like that. Like, I mean, with, yeah, last four seconds is clutch, but I mean that's not the only clutch crunch time, like clutch moments of the game, and people don't understand that. Yeah, I mean we said it the Jordan episode, which will come out later. Um, LeBron's, fuck, Le, LeBron's a Magic Johnson. Like he's not Michael Jordan. He's not Kobe Bryant. He's a Magic Johnson. He creates plays. He he's a playmaker, and then. He'll hit a shot every now and then, but Kobe is just, it's another level. Now, Kobe hit more, to me, Kobe hit more clutch shots than Jordan did. Like, oh, I mean, just to, just thinking about it, like, you have the Game 6 uh, Utah Finals, 98, and then you have the Craig Elo shot, and then after that, it's like, are you going to tell me, like, regular season? Like, I don't, I don't know, like, I can't really think of, like, top five game winners for Jordan. Like he had a couple. I remember one against the Jazz too that I think this the year before. He won he he had a game a buzzer beater in the finals against them at home. Not a lot of people talk about it, but I, I saw it in the documentary. So he has a couple. We just don't really highlight as much yeah, because he has those two iconic ones. Yeah, I just feel like the like Kobe ones are I don't know. They're just like I feel like they have more impact. I don't know. It's just more buzz around him. Like, I understand, you know, Jordan, the flu game, the buzzer beater. I, under, I understand that. But, like, I guess just for me, because I, I saw them, like, the mm-hmm. all the buzzer beaters Kobe's had. Like, like you said, like, who gives a fuck about, oh, the last four seconds LeBron does this. And, like, no. Give me game winners. Give me buzzer beaters. It's Kobe over a lot of people. I mean, it's debatable mm-hmm. with Jordan. But, like, um, yeah, it's just it, this – LeBron's a Magic Johnson. He makes plays. He's good. We're not hating on him, but it's Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant for us. Like I know Julian feels the same way. It's just, it, that's our one and two right there. Like it's just there's never there's never gonna be anybody like. I mean, there's a couple close ones like Kyrie Irving maybe or but it's it's nowhere cl- like to that level of Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? Like no, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and it sucks because I like, you know twenty years from now, ten years from now. People are going to discredit Kobe's legacy and nah. not like in a bad way or intentionally, but like just nobody's going to really know who yeah, he is. It just stuff. comes with it, you know? Like, it happens to a lot of athletes in sports. Like a lot yeah, of people like, get overlooked. And it's true. Like we overlook Bill Russell, we overlook Magic Johnson. And sometimes, like, we, to a certain extent, we're already overlooking Michael for some weird reason. It's it's all these LeBron stands. Like everybody thinks, oh LeBron, LeBron. Like it's fine. Like it's cool. But like, yeah, we just can't overlook everybody. Like people are like, like people are putting LeBron over Kobe. Like we're just overlooking Kobe. Like he wasn't, you know, like he's chopped liver. Come on. Yeah, I get you. I don't know. Um, I was gonna ask you about this. Do you have anything on Kobe? Like just anything like you haven't touched on yet? 
Mm, there's a lot of things, to be quite honest with you. I mean, yeah, um, go ahead. Just, you know, it's just about our what he meant to us and just how we feel about him and stuff. So, you can go ahead and go on. I mean, you're you're a Lakers fan. I know this means more to you than it does to me. So, it's like, that's why I wanted to do this episode because, you know, I wanted to see what you, like, how you felt and stuff like that. So, you can go ahead, bro. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much shit, man. Like, I don't know. That's, he literally, like, I played basketball uh, in school because of him. Like, I played sports, but I never really got into him. Basketball was the one that I liked, and I feel like I thrived off of it because of him. I would play every day outside, by my, either by myself or with my brother or, with, like, friends, only because I wanted to be like Kobe. And, you know, Danny D, too, he, he grew up watching uh, Derrick Rose. I mean, I know that was later in the years, but... We used to, like, go at it one-on-one just because I'd be like, yo, Kobe's better than Rose. And he'd be like, no, Rose is better than Kobe at the time. I'm not saying all, like, legacy-wise, but at the time, I was like, no, like, fuck you. Like, Kobe's better than Rose. And we would go at it, dude, and he he would rock his his D-Roses, and I would rock my Kobe's. And we would go at it for a good while, for a good, like, three hours legit because we would just talk so much shit. And I don't know, I don't know if that was Kobe bringing out the competitiveness in me. But he, man, that idea would always piss me off in games. But, like, that's how it would be. And then my brother, when I was younger, I would battle him one-on-one, and he would pull out these damn post moves on me. Like, my brother at the time, he was he was a little stronger than me because, you know, he's older. But I was, I was quicker than him because he's older. And I would, like, beat him, like, through athleticism, but he would beat me. Just fucking through physicality, toughness, and like he would be pulling out these bullshit post moves on me, bro. <laughs> I literally can't block you or anything like that. And then as I got older, I noticed this motherfuckers were like doing the Kobe moves and the Jordan moves were like it's literally hard to beat. And I'm not saying my brother was like a beast at it, but like he would he would get the shot up that he wanted, and he would miss it and he would make it, but he got the shot up and it would irritate the fuck out of me. But now I realized what my brother was doing. My brother was practicing moves that he would learn from Kobe. And I don't know. Like, it's, it sucks. And I'm honestly, though, blessed that I got to see him play one game in person. I know it, was, it wasn't much because that was, like, his last season. But I, I saw him. Yeah, I saw him. I was there. I saw him play, which was emotional night. But I, I I don't know. I have so many. I have another moment where it stuck out to me where they played the Jazz in 2009 as well. Um, it was my birthday. I remember my parents wanted to take me out, but I told them no because I wanted to stay home and watch the game against the Jazz. It was a playoff game. It's just stupid shit like that, man. I would, like sacrifice childhood moments just so I could. <laughs> I have childhood moments of him watching him play and stuff. So yeah, yeah, like even. Even, like, towards the end, he still had a lot of, like, memorable moments, which is insane. Like, a lot of players just fizzle out towards the end of their careers, but it's those great ones. Like, like the Raptors game that I brought up, that happened, like, what was it, a season or two before he retired, right? Like, I mean, that's... The the Raptors game? Yeah. Something yeah, it was, like, like three that. seasons. It was, like, three, okay. four seasons before. Because yeah, he still like... had Howard at the time, I think. Oh, Okay. But, yeah, I know. Mean, yeah, I don't know. That whole last season, I kind of accepted the fact he was retiring even before he announced it. Mm-hmm. I go, it's just crazy to me, bro, because like, I, I, I was preparing for, for it for like a while now. Like, 
we were trash the last three years. We weren't really doing much. And then I was like, okay, well, Kobe's going to retire at some point. Like, he's not going to be with this trash team anymore. And then the whole, and then when he announced that, I was like, okay, like, it's finally going to happen. I was still was like, okay, like, I'm preparing myself for this, for this. And then that last game, bro, you brought it up. You were watching the whole game. I'm so jealous you watched that whole game. I was at work. And then I, like, Damn. rushed my ass home. I saw the last five minutes of the game. I rushed my ass home. I told myself I was going to shower and get food, but I was like, fuck that. I'm going to miss the game the last five minutes. So straight up, bro, I had my work clothes. I got home and I just like got to my seat right away and then it did not move until the game was over. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like just seeing all the, like the celebrities and stuff. Shaq was there too. Like just everybody reacting to him. Every, every point he scored was a big ass reaction. Like that shit was crazy. But... Um, what the, I just thought of another one. I yeah, God damn it! I just had a moment I was gonna bring up, but uh, keep going, bro. I'll think of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, I mean, there's there's a lot. I would say, um, I'm trying to think of more. For some reason, the one that sticks out to me is like this random Derek Fisher buzzer beater against the Spurs in 2004, mm-hmm. where he runs to the locker room after he makes it, and Kobe's out there right behind him, fucking following, running, chasing him down. <laughs> oh yeah, the the iconic uh, Kobe to Shaq, Kobe to Shaq, that uh, love against Portland. Yeah, early two um, thousands. That commercial, that fuck, I love that, that one. commercial. I love those commercials. That means needs to bring those fuckers back. Those commercials are iconic. If they, I don't know, they'll bring out some big emotions. Those that come, those kind of commercials, and the ones where like they get players to look back. Yeah. Or like, like where KD's like talking to his like high school self, like, mm-hmm. "Yo, this is gonna be you in like five years. Live it up." Yeah, like those, those were... co- or like those were iconic. Like the Steve Nash one too, where he's like in college and Steve Nash, like, "Yeah, like work on your game here. You're gonna need it." Bro, the NBA so. used to have some fucking bangers for commercials. I remember like the remember the playoff ones when they would have the players uh, side by side, like their their faces cut down the middle. Mm-hmm. Like those were, I thought those were pretty cool. The obviously the ones where they like relived the playoff moments, and then like when CP3 would talk to himself, or like a kid would talk to CP3, like, "Oh, this is gonna be you in like four years." Or yeah, those commercials, working. bro. Those and then I don't know if this is the NBA. I think this is Nike. The Muppet ones with him and LeBron. I, th- I think that was. I think that was NBA. That was probably was like that? a promotion. I think it was Nike. It was one of them. But that shit was iconic, dude. Those Muppet ones are fucking hilarious. <laughs> or that that Kobe Bryant commercial with Kanye West. I mean, moving off the commercials and all the great moments, you know, potentially, what if, what if Kobe did leave, bro? Like, what if he went to the? What if he signed with the Clippers? Like, the Clippers moved a bunch of players and contracts because he said he was going there most likely to get leverage with the lakers saying hey if you don't do if you don't give me my money i'm out or what if he went to the bulls like that was a potential landing spot as well like what what would what would be your thoughts and how you look at kobe if he did leave the lakers or in the early 2000s um if he would have left i i would have still respected him a lot but i feel like i would have had a little bit of hatred for him mm-hmm. um just like I hated Dwight Howard when he left us um, in, like, the early 2000s. But then I kind of forgave him because he came back. But, like, I don't know. I would still respect him because when there's respect given, I'll give it. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I hated LeBron my entire like life up until he won in Cleveland. Like I was like, okay, like I'll give you your respect. You you put in your work. You won you won the chip. You earned that chip. And Kobe too. Like if he would have went to the Clippers and he would have won with the Clippers, I would have hated him for it. But I would have respect him. Like okay, you did it. You 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 won it your own way. You won it with this team. You know, and or if it was in Chicago too, like okay, you know, you won it in Chicago, you won it with, with like people that nobody really knew up until you got there, and stuff. So I would have respected Kobe the same amount as I am as I do now, but I just probably would have had a little bit of hatred for him. That would have changed a lot of things in the NBA. Like D Rose wouldn't have been a Chicago Bull. Oh, if, definitely if not. Kobe didn't go, but I mean, who knows? What if LeBron and D Wade got swayed to go to Chicago because of Kobe? Because remember that was going to happen. We'll talk about that another day, but that was potentially going to happen where LeBron and D Wade were going to join D Rose. Like, what if it was to join Kobe? That team would be <clears throat> disgusting. Oh my gosh! Like they could have um, D Wade at the three and LeBron at the four, or D Wade at the one, Kobe two, and then LeBron three. Either way, like the combinations they could have put together with those three would have been insane bro like that team would have been nasty but yeah i mean i feel like the the chicago one was more likely to happen if he would have left you know because his him and his wife were out there looking at schools and all that so that would have been crazy if that would have actually happened a lot of things would have changed the east would have been kobe lebron um yeah so yeah i mean that would have been just it would have been a lot more interesting because yeah. the West is the, the West has been known to be so stacked mm-hmm. every year, and the Kobe would probably would have made West. yeah yeah the Kobe would have probably made more championships or finals appearances to be honest with you, and who knows he probably would have won more chips with the Bulls. It just it all depends on who he had at the moment because yeah. Lou Old Deng was the reason why he didn't go to the Bulls. Really, and I didn't know. Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead on this. I didn't know about this. What was the reason? So, uh, when he was supposed to go to the the Bulls, I think it was in two thousand seven. Um, they had a trade almost essentially like made up. Like they were gonna send a couple of players from the Bulls, or, like prospects and draft picks. But the Lakers wanted to get um, Luol Deng, and the Bulls agreed. But Kobe didn't want Deng to leave the Chicago Bulls because he wanted. He's like. I'm just going to be in the same situation I am right now in L.A. if you guys mm. give him Lowell Dane. Like, what's the fucking point? Which I agree with Kobe. Like, yeah. if you want to contend, why are you going to give up your best player to the team you're trading? You know, like, yeah. so Kobe ended up not wanting that happen, and the, the Lakers and Bulls ended up backing off on the deals because Kobe, like, vetoed the trade, essentially. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, a good, it's a good point because going back, this is kind of off topic, but going to, like, the mellow situation with the Nuggets and Knicks, if the Knicks would have just waited to the offseason to sign Melo, that team probably would have won a chip or been yeah. at least to the final. They would have more depth uh, for sure, yeah. But they freaking gave up their whole squad to get Melo for, what, an extra half season? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was so dumb. Like, Gallinari's underrated. He's a good player. They traded. They gave up Mozgov. Mozgov had a couple years in Denver. That was really good. Who else did they give up? They gave up, like, a couple draft first-round draft uh, picks. I think Raymond Felton. Uh... uh I think Wilson Chandler too. Yeah, Chandler. I'm blanking on this trade now. That's crazy. But they gave up too much. Yeah, for sure. They gave up a lot just to get 
um, Melo for an extra half season when Melo already like the whole league knew Melo was gonna go to New York like at mm-hmm. the end of the off season, or at the start of the off season. So that was, in my opinion, stupid. So when Kobe wanted to veto that trade, I that was a smart move on his part. Yeah. Where they they uh, he said no, nah, like I don't want to do that because you're just gonna I'm gonna be in the same situation in Chicago. Might as well enjoy the sun here in freaking LA if I'm gonna be rebuilding. So. Yeah, I don't know. If if he would have had Dang, though, if they would have somehow pulled off a trade where Dang and Kobe's there, they would have made some noise and they would have been a free agent destination for anybody that was going to be a free agent soon. Because so, yeah, you said what year was it that he was supposed to go there? 2009? I think it was 07. Oh, 07. Or uh, 06. Something like that. Yeah, who, I, I still think they could have landed Noah in the draft. So, I mean, that, that team would have been... Yeah, free agent destination. You got Joakim Noah, one of the best defensive players in that era. Luol Deng, he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't a scrub. And then obviously Kobe, like they would have they would have made some noise for sure. But you know what? Another, yeah. another what if? Like just moving forward, I'm I'm so mad we never got to see this. Was LeBron and Kobe in the finals? We were so close. Yeah. 2009, Orlando messed it up, and then 2010, they had a chance, but they fell apart against Boston. Like that, those were the two years I was like, it's gonna happen, and it never did. And it's just like, man, imagine if we got that finals, like seeing LeBron, you know, pick up Kobe or Kobe picking up LeBron on defense, like that would have been crazy. I don't know who would have won in the end, but I would probably say Kobe. Like Shaq, imagine Shaq playing Kobe in the finals, like that would be another storyline that nobody probably doesn't even think about anymore because Shaq was with the Cavs that year. They lost to Orlando, so the Cavs, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like. But I mean, those. To be quite honest, though, LeBron's squads in Cleveland were really bad. That's true. He just carried them. Um, with the Magic, that was odd to me though. If LeBron would have made the finals and beat the Magic, Kobe would have beat them the same way they beat the Magic, in my opinion. Yeah, the just Lakers to see it though. To win that year. Yeah, I mean, just to see it. You know, like we got to see Magic Johnson against uh, Michael Jordan. At least once, you're yeah, right. Charles Barkley against Michael Jordan. Like, Charles Barkley was one of the best players in the 90s. So, it's like, you know, I just wanted to see the best go against the best. So, that would have been something else. Like, I don't know. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. It's like a shift. So, like, maybe not necessarily Jordan. But, like, when the when the Lakers won the dynasty, like, or started the dynasty, they, uh, they beat, like, the freaking the Spurs, like, before the Spurs started, like, rebuilding or reloading again. Um, and then when they lost, they lost to the Pistons and the Spurs when the Spurs started getting really good again. And the Pistons had, like, these three years where they were good. Yeah. And then shifting after that, like, their dynasties were over. It's essentially what I'm saying is, like, when your dynasty ends, you pretty much hand it off to the, the players, the team that, like, beat you or the best player that beat you. So, like... Kobe and Shaq gave it to Duncan and, and like, Rasheen Wallace and that whole squad, and then, like, they gave it off to LeBron because LeBron started coming up. But then, like, Kobe's like, no, you know what? I'm not done yet. And then Kobe took it back, and then he could have handed it off to LeBron if they met in the finals. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, young blood, like, here's your – this is your moment now. Like, this is your league. And it's, it's like that for the most part in the NBA. Um, there's those few years where it's, like, that one-year uh, – how do I say it's like one year where you're only succeeding for one year like the Mavericks in 2011 but LeBron has been doing that recently where he's been losing the finals and he hands it off to Curry and Durant like okay this is y'all's league but I mean obviously he wants it back like Kobe did but 
if Kobe and LeBron played in the finals, I would. I am a hundred percent sure Kobe would have won, unless LeBron had a stacked team like they. Like yeah, they did. no, the two thousand nine squad was not stacked. It was just him carrying that whole team. But, uh, let me see. What was I gonna say? I was gonna go off of what you just said. With the, yeah, I mean, right? Like you said, you know, like Kobe handed it off to the Spurs and the Pistons and all that. Um. Like right now we're in a we're in a lim- we're in limbo right now. Like nobody handed off, handed it off to anybody because you know Kawhi left the Raptors. So now it's like it's not like the the Warriors were handing it off to the Raptors. It's just you know who knows who's gonna win it this year and who's whose league is gonna be now. You know, especially with what's going on with the league with COVID and all that. Like that's why know. the league. That's why that's why the season this year was like so hyped in like many years because. Yeah. We don't know whose league it is right now. Yeah, it's people wide say open. Giannis, people say LeBron. Some say Kawhi because he just won. Some say it's Curry's and Durant's. Like nobody knows right now. That's why it's. That's why it was so exciting to have this year, and then COVID just like messed it all up. But yeah. that's why we we're so hyped for this year. But I mean, Kobe too. He he had twenty incredible years in the league. A lot of people don't uh, realize that. He had injuries, but he still played through those injuries, and he still played well with those injuries. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we talked about it earlier, but uh, one one shot right now that sticks out to me is when he had a torn or rotator cuff, and he shot with his left arm against the Hornets. Um, but man, this dude, this dude played through every. And everyone remembers the one where he shot those free throws when he tore his Achilles, yep. and. <laughs> this would really try to like put it back together, <laughs> like get out of here. But yeah, when he tore his rotator cuff too, he played with broken pinkies before. I was re- I saw a documentary the other day of him with Shaq in the early two thousands, and I guess he broke his like finger. I don't. I think it was his index finger, and then he just went up to the trainer Gary Vd and he's like, "Yo, pop it back." And then oh like, yeah, what? I remember. Yeah, he's like, "Just pop it back," and then he did. He just popped it back up, and he just started playing again. I was like, "Yo, like this fool really didn't." Like, Kerry, he would play through it all, man. He's an assassin. Yep. Yeah, he was he was wild, man. He this fool this fool never slept. This fool always worked. And shit. So I don't know, Kobe, there's not gonna be another Kobe. There's not gonna be another hard working guy like Kobe. People can be close to it, but there's not gonna mm-hmm. be one like it ever. Yeah, we're never gonna see twenty years of this success ever. And the one thing I appreciated the most, which some teammates and some analysts and, you know, these TV guys don't appreciate is Kobe wasn't afraid to call out his teammates. Like, true. Like Smush Parker is still talking shit about him to this day. Cause he's heard about it, but it's like, bro, he's just trying to make you better. Realize that shit. Like Sasha Vujicic <laughs> is a prime example of, you know, Kobe making him better. Like he hit those clutch free throws because he always got at him. He always, Major, like, bro, I'm gonna need you at one point, like, kind of how Michael Jordan relied on Steve Kerr and John Paxson yeah. in the end. Like, he was relying on his teammates like that. And the thing I liked was when Dwight left and then he was a rocket and he went back to the Lakers, he called him soft, you're a bitch, da da da. Like, because he was, like, he couldn't handle the Kobe mentality. Like, he couldn't handle the pressure that Kobe was putting on him. And that's why he ultimately left. So it's like, I don't know. I just, that's one thing I really appreciated was he wasn't afraid to call people out on their shit, especially like you know teammates and shit. So, and that's part of the reason why I feel like Kobe would have beat LeBron is because the difference between him and LeBron in terms of like mentality is people want to go play with LeBron because they know they're gonna enjoy playing with LeBron. Mm-hmm. But we all know for the most part, LeBron will probably get on their asses for not playing hard, but he's not gonna get on them like Kobe is. Kobe's gonna want you to be at your best 
all at all times. LeBron's mm-hmm. gonna want to have fun and play and stuff. So and I I don't know who said it. One of the Hall of Famers have said it before. Like I think it was Jordan or Larry Bird. One of them. They're like, if I want to have fun, I'm playing with LeBron. If I want to win, I'm playing with Kobe. Mm, yeah, that is Larry Bird. Yeah, I think that was Larry Bird. But it's it's a good point. Like if if you're gonna like right now, if you want to go sign with the LA, you're gonna go because LeBron's there, and you know you're gonna have fun and you're gonna have success there. But if you want, if back then, if you wanted to go play for the Lakers, you know you're going there for a business trip. You know you're gonna go there, and it's just gonna be straight business. You're gonna go in there, work every day, work all day hard, and Kobe's gonna get on your ass. And I feel like some people were afraid of that, which is why Kobe never had like all these superstars come join him because mm-hmm. they knew, yo, this guy's gonna be on my ass, and it's gonna be his team. So like, what's the point? And mentally, people don't want that. But this is why you brought up. That's why I love that you brought up Vujicic because he. Who would have thought, like, if somebody were to tell you, like, yeah, like, the, in the 2010 finals, um, the Lakers needed two free throws to, like, seal the win in game seven. And people are going to think, oh, it was Kobe Bryant that made those two free throws. Like, no, nah, it was Sasha motherfucking Vujicic. Mm-hmm. Like, the dude was, like, in the bench all game. You know, he had his minutes as a role player. But, no, like, no one knows who he is to this day. Like, if people, if you ask somebody, like, yo, if you ask a casual NBA fan, do you know who Sasha Vujicic is? No one's going to know who that is. Yeah. And, and for Kobe to, like, make him work and for him to be ready in that situation, that's ballsy, man. Because I, I would have not have trusted to be. At that moment, when I saw Sasha shoot those free throws, I was like, fuck, we really got this fool out of all players, players <laughs> who shoot these free throws right now. But he made them, so I give him so much props. Yeah. Really, I love Sasha Vujicic. But, and then, like, in connecting to that, Gasol, too. Gasol was labeled soft. Yeah. Before he came there, they, they said, you know, he's just putting up the numbers because he's on a bad team. You know, he can't carry, he can't put his, like, he can't carry his weight. And then when he joined the Lakers, bro, Kobe, I feel like, made him a tougher, better player because of it. Like, Kobe told him, like, look, like, I'm going to need you. You need to work hard with me. You need to be tougher. Stop being a bitch to these people. And I feel like Gasol took that, like, you know what, you're right. Like, I got to prove myself. And that's the reason why I feel like they won chips because because of him and Gasol. But Gasol didn't back down. He he did his part. Yeah. And yeah. So, so I, you're right. Yeah, I said Sasha Vujicic is a prime example because, like, you know, a bench player, how every like how Jordan relied on his bench players. But, yeah, Pau Gasol, like we said earlier, is the number one. Like, he changed him mentally, physically, how he approached the game. Like, even Andrew Bynum to a certain extent. Like, <laughs> Andrew true. Bynum, like, stepped up in some games in some series. So, it's like, he just, it's just his energy, his vibe that he he rubs off on people, like, it just changes how people look at the game, and some people can handle it, and some others can't. So, the ones and that can, one chips. So, I mean, it's just plain and simple. That's that's why a lot of people say um, LeBron always has superstars. It's because they want to have fun and play with him. But the thing is, with Kobe, he, he that's why he's respected a lot. Is because he, people say, oh, he won it by himself, quote unquote. LeBron mm-hmm. won it with superstars. Kobe won it by he didn't win it by himself, but the players he had weren't as like they're individually they weren't as successful as LeBron's teammates are. Yeah. Like when you when you saw that team break up in 2010 after like you see what did Voyagers do when he left the Lakers? What did Bynum do when he left? What did Gasol do? Like those guys when once they left the Lakers at some point in their careers they weren't individually they weren't as successful as they were when they were with that team with Kobe. Right. And that's why he's respected so hard is because Jordan, same thing with, with the Bulls. Like, uh, with the exception of, like, 
uh, Pippen and Grant, like uh, all those players, didn't have as much success as they did together as a team because Jordan got that team to work hard, play hard, and you're gonna get great results. Same with Magic and same with Bird. Like that's why those guys are Hall of Famers and legends is because they made everybody work for in that team, no matter how good you were out, off of the team or how good you were before the team uh, and stuff. So, but LeBron, that's why I don't think he's above Kobe because LeBron would just get players that were successful without him before mm-hmm. and after they joined the team. And Kobe really just, he didn't give a fuck who was in that team. He's like, yo, I'm going to make you work. Yeah. I'm going to make you work. I don't care who you are. I'm going to work, make you uh, work for everything that you got. And that's why when he, they say he won, quote-unquote, by himself, it's because whatever players he had on that team, he he, he made them successful. So, yeah, like you mentioned, the Bynum. Yeah, Bynum never saw the core after the Laker years. <laughs> but I think him was a mental thing, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know him personally. But I, I just genuinely feel like Bynum, mentally, he once Kobe wasn't on him, like he's like, you know what, like my knees, he he always had knee problems, always yeah. had knee problems. When he was with Lakers, I saw him play a couple games through those knee injuries, and I feel like he was just inspired by Kobe and like his mentality, like you know what, like I could, if I can still play, I'm gonna go play. But I feel like once he joined the Sixers, he's like, you know what, I'm getting paid, I can play, but like I this injury is just too much now. Yeah. yeah, and same with Lamar Odom, bro. Like that's a big example too. He went to Dallas, and mentally he wasn't there anymore, like he was with the Lakers and Kobe. I mean, Lamar had a bunch of issues outside, off the court, which True. messed him up. But yeah, True. I feel you. Lamar Odom was one of the best players in that those Laker years. Like, I don't. They were like, to, if you think about it, like with with Kobe, like that team was pretty talented. And then afterwards, like you said, they didn't do much. So, you know. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. But. And to go off of like you know how he held his teammates accountable, I I never understood why LeBron only held Mario Chalmers and J.R. Smith accountable. Like why why weren't you trying to push your other teammates like that? Like Mario Chalmers would get bullied, but that's the way it looked when I would watch those heat <laughs> games. Like everybody would yell at him, you know, yeah, shit like that. And then J.R. Smith when he messed up in 2018 game one. Like I felt like he was the only one getting he was only getting pissed off at him when Tyron Lue could have called a timeout and he didn't. Like he was pissed about it. Like he like to me LeBron just throws little fits about his teammates, but he doesn't hold them accountable. If that was Kobe, bro, Kobe would be roasting the shit out of them. But it's not to bully them or not to like, you know, be mean to them. It's just like, yo, understand you messed up and don't let this shit happen again. Like, LeBron never did that. Maybe he is now, but like that's why Kobe's held to another level and that's why he's my number two player of all time. Like he just—it's just so much stuff with Kobe, and now it's like, you know, I don't—I don't want to hear these LeBron comparisons with Kobe anymore. I don't like. I agree. It's funny because once like the team started falling off, and Kobe was like getting at the twilight of his career, um, he had Jeremy Lin, Boozer, and Swaggy P in them. And I remember Jeremy Lin not too long ago was talking about how Kobe freaking went off on like I'm just. I'm just here to, because he was injured, and I guess Jeremy just said, like, yeah, Kobe made a random appearance, like, one time, and Kobe just said, I'm just here to see which one of you fuckers are going to get traded or some shit. Oh, yeah. Which one of you players. I, I can't I see like, any of you guys before you get traded. Like, damn. <laughs> I was like, Kobe's weak and wild, man. This dude straight don't care. He's not here to make friends, bro. He's here to make you better. Yeah. And some people, would, I probably would have took offense to it. I, as a player, I probably was like, yo, like, my feelings are hurt. 
But some players will take that as motivation. Like, all right, fucker, like, I'll get better. I'll show you who I am. Yeah. And some people, like, held their ground. So it's just funny. Like, but it makes me sad, bro. Like, these past, those last few years he was there, like, the way the Lakers kind of, like, do anything for him or like help him win give him anything he could have gotten and stuff but i yeah. talked to thomas and he brought up a good point though we probably would have not have been in the position we are today if if we didn't go through that with kobe the last few years we would have not true. had those assets to trade for ad we would not have been able to sign lebron so i mean it's a good point yeah. on his end but it just sucks it makes me sad kobe after once 2011 passed like yeah he was he was done not individually, but as a team, he was, that team was done. I, I feel like Mitch Kupchak was a was a liability as you know your operations, your your fucking basketball operations dude. Like he just didn't care anymore. And the whole organization, fired. the whole organization is just like they didn't care. They just thought they could sign players. Yeah. So but I mean, even to this day, I I would say even to this day, that whole organization is still a shit show. And I love my Lakers, and I'm glad we're doing good right now. But I just. I don't think their 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 executives or anything are in line. I don't think they're they're great at this point. I just feel like the only reason why they're good right now is because of LeBron mm-hmm. and you know Clutch Sports and AD. But further for them, if they weren't in that team, this team would be trash right now. They still would be having problems up in the front office and stuff. That's true. That's very true. I I think we can leave it there. We're just. At this point, we're just going to keep rambling about, you know, we're going to keep repeating ourselves. But, you know, honestly, just rest in peace to Kobe. Rest in peace to the Mamba, Mamba Sita, all them. Like, I, I don't know. It just hurts, like we said in the beginning. Like, I, we're speechless. But, you know, his legacy lives on. And we, I'm just glad I was able to witness his greatness. That's all I can really say. Like, Same. I agree. And I'm going to hold on to that for the rest of my life. For I'm going to sure. tell my kids about Kobe and I'm gonna obviously show them a lot of clips and I'm probably gonna make them if they ever get into uh, basketball stuff I'm gonna make them watch film of Kobe yeah you have to mm-hmm. yeah you have to you have to show them Kobe you have to show them Jordan and be like what's the difference I don't see none like that's just that's how they're like twins basically when it comes to basketball but yeah yeah that's yeah. it uh, rest in peace Kobe make sure you like you know comment and all that let us know what you guys think of the episode follow julian on his social medias follow me on my social media subscribe to sports inferno all that last thing last thing you want to say julian before we go uh not much man just rest in peace kobe and rest in peace gg and everybody that was affected by this i saw right. bro i'm about to tear up again so let's just cut it <laughs> all right y'all peace